Welcome to Relevant Live with Pastor Chris Sarno, a weekly podcast from Relevant Church in Daytona Beach, Florida. We pray this message helps you connect to God as you find your place, reveal your purpose, and unlock your potential. Let's head live to Pastor Chris for today's powerful message. Well, glory to God. Um, We just came out of the Identification Summit. Um, We're in identification all month long. Sunday was powerful. Go back over it, kind of like you got your note sheets, so kind of go back over it and go, hey, this is what I learned. Hey, this is what identification in Christ means. This is the benefit. This is what I walk in. But here's one of the big things. Identification with Christ has now given you a brand new place of authority. Okay? And sometimes I think what happens is it's like identification leads to discovery of your authority Authority discovery helps you live a better life of identification because you understand identification, who I am in Christ, what I receive in Christ, what Jesus said I have, what Jesus said I can do, what Jesus said I can be, everything about Jesus. So that revelation gives me authority. Like, man, I'm the head and not the tail. I'm above and not beneath. I'm a speaker and a creator kind of guy. I'm this, I'm that, I'm healed. All that identification of redemption. And then you get a revelation and you go, oh, that's who I am. So now you go back through identification and you got a brand new authority. And you're like, no, I'm not living with that, man. That ain't part of my identity plan. So you got to understand this, that once you kind of, you know, get the revelation, you get newfound authority. Once you have newfound authority, you're better at understanding identification. And I should say it like this. You get a revelation of identity. You understand your authority, and then you have a better, uh, um, it's not even a wisdom. You have a greater expectation for the, the identity of truths to be manifested in your life. So identity, I'm in Christ, I'm seated in Christ, I'm in him, I got now it's produced authority, and now because I know I got that authority in my identity, I stand in the earth and demand my rights and will not back up from my identity because I know who I am. That's one of the biggest problems with people. They don't know who they are, so they back up and they don't get what God has for them because they so choose to for a lack of revelation. So it's a hard thing sometimes for people to understand and receive this place of authority because they're basing it on themselves but authority has to be given from another to you and you delegate the authority of someone else so we're delegating the authority of jesus it's not our authority he gave us his authority and now we enforce his authority in the earth to overcome obstacles of life okay now the bible says you've been you've been translated from the power of darkness Look at Colossians 1.13. And you've been given power over all this mess. King James is great. Colossians 1.13, we're going to go there. I want you to see this because I think in Colossians 1.13, um, you start understanding that there's a position of power that's been given to the believer based upon what Jesus did, who hath delivered us, Jesus, from the power of darkness and has translated us into the kingdom of his son. So that's where you are, identification. 
Okay? Now, the things of the enemy become stronger in your life with a lack of identification. Once you have identification in Christ, he's weak because you got to keep yourself in Christ. That's um, Matthew 28. If you go to Matthew 28, and it's fine in the King James, Matthew 28, 18, y'all know this. This is when the disciples, man, they started seeing the works of Jesus. And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, all power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye, therefore, teach, baptize in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. But all power is given to me in heaven and in where? Earth. So who got all power in heaven and earth? Jesus. So if you keep yourself identified in Jesus, then you got power over everything in the earth and the enemy. That's what you got to get. That power was given to you as a part of your inheritance in Christ Jesus. You entered into that position of authority because you got it in the new birth. You got to receive this from a place of authority. The moment you made Jesus the Lord of your life, he gave you his authority. That's why sin has no more power over you. Darkness has no more power over you. He made him to be sin who knew no sin that you could be made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. That's 1 Corinthians 5.21. You want to see it? Let him show you it. Because that will help him understand. Like, you're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, and that righteous position now is giving you access to the authority of Christ. 1 Corinthians 5.21. He hath made him, amen, to be who what? Sin. Man, I'll tell you what. What do you mean he made him to be sin? That's deep, though, if you think about it. He made Jesus sin so you could be made righteous. He did that on a cross. I mean, you bury 1 Corinthians 5.21 and you put it in your heart. And um, you know what I mean? You got, I got it messed up. You're, that's what he's probably looking for. And I'm like, um, it's 2 Corinthians. I said 1 Corinthians. My bad. 2 Corinthians 5.21. I got so excited thinking about identification, man. I got messed up. I really did, like, I'm, my head, like, sometimes goes wonky in this thing. Second Corinthians 5.3, he had made him to be sin who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Now, did you see that? The back end of that caught me and got me a little loopy. Like, you know what I mean? We, now read this slow. He, for he hath made him to be sin for us, Jesus, who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteous, i never seen this before, of God in him. So you see the strength of your righteousness is your identification understanding. Where was I made righteous? In him. So if you stay in him, in your understanding of identification, like I don't leave him, I don't come in and out of God, how strong is your revelation of righteousness going to be, and what is that going to be? I was made the righteousness of God in him. When I was born again 
in him became my reality. When you were born again, we were in him. It became because you have made Jesus Lord. The new birth has become a reality in your spirit. And we have been made the righteous of God in him. That's how God wants to treat you. He wants to treat you as if you never sinned. He sent Jesus to the cross to bear your sin, to completely wash away the sin that you had been in. And now because we are in Jesus, God sees me and you and him the same way he sees Jesus. He wants to treat you like he treated Jesus, so let him. That's big, bro. God's power is in his word. He upholds all things by the power of his word. That's a fee, that's a Hebrews 1 and 3. You can show them that. Hebrews 1 3. That's powerful because look, it says, Who being in the brightness of his glory in the express image of his person and upholded all things by the word of his power. Not the power of the word, but his word is of his power. So the word has the power. So that word, right, that he gave us has the power to transform us. Jesus was the word became flesh. You are the word becomes flesh. The more you allow the word to govern your life, the more power you have in the earth. It's time for us to start believing that way. We obtain this inheritance of authority. It was given to you. You don't have to earn it. God lives inside of you. He's walking in you. The more God-minded we become, the more we'll begin to walk in the place of authority. You know what I mean? You got to just keep building yourself in this revelation of understanding identity. You live in a world, and I live in a world full of satanic evil junk. Stop forgetting that you're not of this world. You're just passing through. When you see in the word where it says, in Christ, in him, stay there. The stronger you become in your place of authority is understanding how to operate in your identity. So once I got my identity check right, I was like, nah, man, I'm in him. I, I live in him, moving in him, have my being in him, so why in the heaven? Now, see, this was the thing we talked about that week. Remember we went to Philippians 2, 5, and we said, let this mind be in you, which was also in him. I think we should recap it because I think it's, it's too quick to go by. Philippians 2 and 5, right? And Philippians 2, 5, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Well, what was that? Remember we talked about that? Who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God. Right there. Just stay right there. And I found this translation the other day. I, um, I put it in the... Uh, Put it in the passion is what I found it in. 
Um, you can put Philippians 2, 2, 6 in the Passion. It says he, he existed in the form of God. He existed in the form of God, yet he gave no thought to seizing equality with God as his supreme prize. So now that seems like a play on words, but let me explain it. He was equal with God, but he, he laid down the equalness with God to become like man so we could be like men and walk like God. So it was exchange. So when you see it, he didn't let it go to his head. He just operated in it and he laid it down. Instead, look what he said, he emptied himself. To turn himself into a servant, he became human. Does that make sense? So when you see this thing, he was equal with God. He became like man. Man was nowhere near like God. And Jesus connected the dot where man could be like God now. So can you live at the same level as God? You better believe it. He ain't got no problem sharing it either. You know, he ain't getting all that other stuff. But this is what I wanted to talk to you about because I think this is important. Because if you're not careful, your identity, um, it'll get messed up. Because you know what happens is? Look at Ephesians 4.27. That joker tricks you out of stuff, man. You go look at it in King James, it reads real good. Ephesians 4.27. Don't give no place to the devil. Why? Because that joker's trying to take place. Seems like a goofy scripture, don't it? But don't give no place to the devil. Don't let him steal no more from you. Right? Don't let him mess you up. Stop giving place to him. Ephesians chapter 6, he really tells you what's up with that joker, don't he? He said, man, put on the armor of God. The whole armor. Be strong in the Lord. Look at Ephesians 6 and 10. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Why is that? Put on the whole arm of God. See it? Look, he says, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. And why? Put on the whole arm of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Now, he didn't tell you God's going to fight for you. He said, you stand, you put on, you resist, you attack. Telling you, man, this is the big, this is the big thing here. To me, it's huge. Okay? So check this out. God has given you power and authority to stand against Satan and all his destructive works. He has provided armor, but it's your responsibility as the believer. To put on the armor and resist the devil and he will flee. The armings, the armor and these weapons are at mine and your disposal. God's with you backing up his word. Okay? But promise you this. If you don't take your position of authority and assume responsibility to what God has provided. And you have the power and authority to take the word of God in the name of Jesus and the power of the Holy Spirit and get rid of Satan. He ain't leaving, man, unless you firm him up. You can't ask God to fight this stuff. You got to fight. 
You got to take authority. You got to take responsibility. You got to speak to the enemy. You got to stand your ground. That's the big thing with church, you know, like, I'm not going to do nothing with that. I don't want to do that. You have to. If you do not resist the enemy, he will steal, kill, and destroy. So what did Jesus say about this? I'm going to give you a quick crash course in this stuff because we talked about this. Look at Ephesians 1.19. We understand this. Remember we talked about this? Ephesians 1.19. And what is to what? The exceeding greatness of his power to us word who believe. According to the working of his mighty power, which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and sat him down or set him down in his right hand in heavenly places, far above all principality, power, might, dominion, every name that is named, not only in this world, but also now which has come. He put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head of the thing of the church, which is his body, the fullness of all and all and fills all. Okay? Listen to this. Well, where, where's your head? Part of the body. Where's your hand? Part of your body. Where's your feet? Part of the body. If you're seated with him in heavenly places and he's the head and you're the body, you can't take your head from your body and your body from your head. So if he's seated, we're seated. We are seated together with him far above principality, far above power, might, and dominion. And as a believer, me and you have accepted that have, we have to accept Jesus' substitutionary sacrifice. Therefore, we are part of the body and seated with him. So your new birth experience gave me a seat at the table. That same power that raised him from the dead raised you from the dead. The moment you made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life, that same power was exercised on my dead, unregenerated spirit, causing it to be reborn in the likeness of God himself. Any man who is in Christ is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. That, I'm going to read that again. The great power that God worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead is, okay, is the same creative power that God worked in you to make you alive when you were dead in trespasses and sin. He was physically dead. You were spiritually dead. The power that rose his dead body in resurrection is the same power that rose your spiritually dead body. The moment you made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life, the same power was exercised on your dead, unregenerated spirit, causing it to be reborn in the likeness of God himself. Any man who is in Christ Jesus is a new creation. Old things have passed away. All things have become new because they're all of God. Man, it'll get you.
There's enough power and authority in Jesus' word to let it come to pass in every area of your life. And this is delegated authority. Does that make sense? Authority that came from somebody else and you just use the authority of it in the earth. Jesus delegated the authority to his disciples and me and you and we must accept it. When the storms of life come, you can't be sinking. You got to stand there in authority and resist it. You got power in the word, in his name, in the Holy Spirit and kick Satan out of your life. The Joker's a trickster though, man. He's sneaky. Don't give the devil no place. Stop letting strife in your house. Stop letting this arguing in your house. Stop letting them slip in there with financial pressures, physical pressures. You got to put a guard on that place, man. Give them no place because you were born in the spirit. You're filled with the spirit of God. You got the word of God, okay? You don't need any more power than you already got. You just got to use it. You have all the power necessary. Exercise your authority. Jesus has already done everything necessary to secure your authority and power over sin, sickness, demons, and fear. I'm going to say that one more time. You better pay attention. Jesus has already done everything necessary to secure authority and power over sin, sickness, demons, and fear. You have to employ faith action to receive that authority and join forces with him in the earth. You are the one to be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. I'm going to say that again. Jesus has already done everything necessary to secure the authority. So that means you got authority over the power of sin. You got authority over the power of sickness. You got authority over the power of demons. You got power and authority over the power of fear. You have it all. You just got to keep your faith. You got you to have faith for the new birth. You got to have authority in this. I like it. You got to put all, you got you got authority to live this new life. Do you ever think of this thought? This is so good. You have authority, it's like I said on Sunday, you have the authority to walk as a new creation in the earth. But if you're uneducated in your mind, you will not demand, like, remember we read Sunday about Ephesians 4, if you so learn Christ, we don't got to turn there. But you got to demand the renewing of the mind. Like this, oh, this process renewing the mind is, you know, well, I have to take 20 years to renew my mind. No, hush your mouth. You just know the truth to go. You're not allowed to talk like that because the authority of the new identity has now curtailed my actions in my mouth. I got authority over myself. Man, you better think about that one. See, he just said he got authority over himself. Yeah, you do. And authority starts over you before it's going to start with anybody else. you got to have control of your own self. Where did that start? With the, with the old nature of unrenewed mind. You cannot allow your, you got to use your own authority to not allow your mind to think what it wants to think. You have to use your own authority to tell your will you're not allowed to go that way. You have to use your own authority to tell your, your, your uh, emotions you're not allowed to think and feel like that. You got to use your authority, man. Put it off.
You are the authority. It's your responsibility. The Holy Spirit will do the work, but you must make the decision to allow him to do it. God ain't forcing nobody to go down this road. So if you say, hey, this is what I'm going to do, the Holy Spirit will do it. But if you don't take authority over this stuff, he can't. And that right there, I'm telling you, man, there's a lot of people, well, I know what the Bible says. That's great you know what it says, but you have to allow the authority of it to change your life. You know, I remember we were in a, we had Believer's Authority. I think Brother Hagin was teaching it, you know? And he said, it's kind of like this. Jesus got the authority um, for you. And he gave you his authority to go use. And the easiest way to acknowledge it for us to see it is like, maybe like a police officer. Like, okay, watch this. You got a crossing guard at school, right? That guy lifts that stop sign up that you should stop. He doesn't have much authority, but he's got a little bit of authority to stop traffic. How many, you know, a police officer, he goes out in the middle of the street, he got way more authority. Go up the line. You got, you're a county. You're, a, you're part of the sheriff over the county. You got city authority. You got county authority. You got state authority. You got national authority. You got federal authority. You got global authority. You got it all over the place, man. How good is your authority? Well, who's backing it up? That's one of the greatest revelations that we can get with this identity thing. Who's backing up your authority so when you kind of have that, uh, no, it ain't mine anyway. I'm just enforcing what he gave me. That's why people in church need to understand something about going to church. I give you authority by telling you what God said. And if you believe what I tell you, you can walk in that authority. Somebody has to give you access to identity. Someone has to give you access to your authority. And somebody has to take the time to show you are. But here's the big thing, right? This is big. And I've been talking about it. This is one of the most unknown facts of Christianity is the identification with Christ process. That's what Romans 12, 1 and 2 is all about. I beseech you there for brethren, by the mercy of God, renew your mind. Because if you don't know who you are in Christ, how in the heaven are you going to do this stuff? It's big. Because Jesus obtained this authority for me and you in the church through his eternal redemption, through his substitutionary debt, and resurrection on our behalf. Now those words, what do you mean? He redeemed me, he resurrected me, and he, he was, let's just say like this, he redeemed me from everything I lost, he was my substitutionary sacrifice on the cross, he took my place, and then not only that, he gave me resurrection power to live in the earth and change the world. My God, I feel the Holy Ghost. Where'd you get that one from, Pastor Chris? Well, I got that in Hebrews 9:11. you wanna see it? Go there, Hebrews 9-11, King James. We're going to read a couple of scriptures. It'll blow you out. But Christ, being come a high priest of good things to come, by a greater and more perfect tabernacle, not made with hands. 
that is so not of this not to say this building. He's talking about his body. Neither by the blood of goats and calves, but by his own blood, Jesus' blood, entered in once into the holy place, having obtained eternal redemption for us. Not a seasonal redemption, a forever redemption. For if the blood of bulls and goats and the ashes of a heifer sprinkling the unclean sanctified to the purifying the flesh, but saying, right, it only did it for a minute, how much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God, purge your conscience from dead works and serve the living God. Watch this. And for this cause, what cause was that? He was made a mediator of a New Testament that by means of death for the redemption of the transgression that were, the transgressions, transgressions that were under the First Testament, they which are called might receive the promise of an eternal inheritance. That's me and you. So when Christ sat down at the Father's right hand, he, man had been perfectly redeemed because he had been legally identified with Christ in his redemptive work. I got to say that again. This is why you won't go to church on Wednesday night. When Christ, Jesus, sat down at the right hand of the Father, man, me and you, had been perfectly redeemed because he, Jesus, had been legally identified with, we've been, we've been illegally identified with Christ through his redemption work. I should have said it like this. Because of his redemptive work of what he did, me and you have been legally identified with Christ and get to sit in the same seat. Man, why are you coming out of there? I'll tell you why. Lack of identification. Because you're identifying with your humanity. You're not allowed to. You're not a human anymore. You're a spiritual being that just has a human suit to keep you in the earth. And the more you flip over to this brand new life, the more your life changes forever. I'm telling you. Operate last, we started last week, right? Sunday. We, brought, we hit breakthrough. We got in this Sunday, and now we're cranking. The law of identification. Remember I told you the law of identification is, is you find that, go over here and we're done. Go to Romans 8.1. It's a really, it's a great scripture, but a lot of times we, we blow by it and we don't really understand it. I don't think we understand it at the level where we should. Romans 8 and 1. Pull this whole thing up. He's got it on the board there. Because I might want to play around with the um, translation. There is there now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus who walk not after the flesh but after the spirit. Now stay right here. Verse 2. For the law, does everybody say it? For the what? For the law of the spirit of life in Christ 
has made me free from the law of sin and death. Okay? Now, this is what the Lord told me. What is the law of the Spirit? What is the law of sin and death? It's identification. The law of the Spirit is life in Christ. The law of the what? Sin is sin and death. So the law of the Spirit of life in Christ has made me free. There was a law of sin and death. Adam, humanity, spiritual, sin and death. Once you came in Christ, there's a brand new law. That law is identification of life in Christ. It has to be enforced through revelation and activated through actions in the earth. That's why he goes to say, now what? For what the law cannot do in that it was weak through flesh, natural law, God sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh in for sin, condemned sin in the flesh. Gotcha. That's how you come, you had to be born again. That the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh, but the spirit. For they that after the flesh do mind the things in the flesh, but they that after the spirit, the things of the spirit. What's he saying? Two laws. Sin and death, life and peace. Identification with Christ, identification with earth. I, like for me, right? I go identification with Christ or if I did identification with Chris. You want to be Chris? You want to be Christ. That's what I got to ask myself. I don't want to be that. I'm staying with Christ. How about you? Identify with Christ. It's changing your life. This is why we're doing this process of allowing you to become renewed in the spirit of your mind. Because the moment you figure this stuff out, the moment um, you get better at understanding and yielding to this life, it's the moment like it changes everything about you because you don't, you're not allowing yourself to govern. You're not allowed to think outside of Christ. You're, like if I had this thought come in my head, it was evil, let's say. Well, if I got the mind of Christ and I allow my identification to come, I'm going to be a rejecter of things that I don't need in my mind. So the devil comes and says, you're going to be sick, you're going to be broke, you're going to have a jacked up marriage, you got jacked up kids, you have all these thoughts. If my mind isn't renewed to identification with Christ, I might say some of that stuff. But my mind is not unrenewed to my identification with Christ. So I go, no, what God put together, no man can put asunder. My children are an inheritance of the Lord. My body's going to be well because by his stripes I'm healed. My finances are going to be right because I'm the head and not the tail. You see what I'm saying? Where are you identifying? People say, well, that's just pressure hitting me in the earth. No, you're not identifying right. You're not going to talk sick, broke, lack, messed up, jacked up if you keep Christ identification right. Once you slip in your identification process of where you are and where you're seated, you're going to slip in your mouth, you're going to slip in your walk, you're going to slip in your talk, and you're going to slip in life. And that is not what we need to do. Well, praise the Lord. Come on. Let me pray for you tonight. And I promise you this weekend is going to be even better. I'm going to be with you and I'm going to help coach you into this thing even more about identification process and rightly identifying who you are and where you belong. Father, I thank you for each and every person watching. I thank you, Lord, that tonight just gave them a, a boost and we gave them, we gave, we gave, we uplifted them spiritually so they could see and know who they are in Christ and they can live their best life now. Father, I thank you for leading them, guiding them and helping them and allowing them 
to live this identification process, not just out, but each and every moment of their life so they can feel the call of God, the plan of God, and fulfill the destiny that you've given them. And Father, I thank you for the overflow of identification is going to produce the actions of identifying rightly in the earth and accomplishing everything you called them to be and do. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. And everybody said amen. Well, praise the Lord, man. I am excited. Man, I promise you this. It's going to be a huge weekend here at Relevant. Come on, get ready. All these announcements are ready for you. We got, we, man, I'll tell you what we got going on because you guys know what we got going on. It got Super Bowl Sunday, baby. Come on. Bring your jersey strong. You got your jersey? Get your jersey. Bring your jersey for your favorite team or bring your team jersey or bring an Eagles jersey or bring a Chiefs jersey. Bring some jersey, amen, and come on in here. Don't forget we got the Super Bowl party right here at the church. Praise be to God. We're going to be here hanging out, having a good old time. Get excited about it. It's going to be awesome. And don't forget to watch these announcements because we've got a lot of upcoming cool stuff going on. We got uh, we just got through some stuff. We're getting into more stuff. We've got cool stuff. Everything's happening around here. Watch some announcements. I love you, and I'll see you Sunday. And don't forget, we're going to have a great Sunday. Wear your favorite jersey. It's Jersey Sunday here at Relevant Church. I'll see you then. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of Relevant Live with Pastor Chris Sarnum. If you are interested in learning more about Relevant Church, you can visit us at relevantfl.org. And don't forget to subscribe to our channel to hear more messages like this one every single week. Thanks for listening.